Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror and media. And tonight, join us as we venture into a mystical, apocalyptic setting, incorporating elements of cyberpunk and death as we analyze hardware. <laughs> I'm Mitch. I'm Burr. <laughs> I did not do the voice. <laughs> Why are we doing this voice? I sound like a pro wrestler. Yeah, I was like, this turned into pro Hulk Hogan really shades quick. On. Yeah, oh, oh, that's right. There you go. Here you go. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We got the pit uh, vipers. Hold on, hold on. Pause for putting on the pit vipers. <laughs> I'm the cream of the crop now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what are we talking about today, Mitch? Hardware. Oh, like Home Depot. I can't like believe this Depot movie hardware. came out in 1990. Yeah, it's Richard insane. Stanley. Yeah, what the fuck? This is the s- third movie of his that I've seen. Yeah. Wait, yeah. before we go into it, Murr, I need to know why in the notes there's a little quote, little like brackets that says now canceled. By the oh, way. I'm going to get to that. Can we? Okay. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Well, okay, before we discuss, I guess I'll just get the production notes out of the way and I'll answer that question, John. Yeah, go for yeah. it. All right. So, I'm looking hardware, forward to this answer, too. Hardware is a movie that was released in 1990 in the U.S. and the U.K., and it was directed by Richard Stanley. He was the original director of The Island of Do- Dr. Moreau. He was the guy that hid in that fucking cottage like several miles away and came back as an extra. Remember us talking yeah, about that? We, yeah, we all, we've talked about two of his movies so yeah. far. And then he also directed Color Out of Space, which came out a couple of years back that we did. Which is great on the other on. end of being amazingly good. It he ve- really he good. has very little amount of movies, but yeah. they're all like cult classics in some regard. Yeah. Um, well, this is his debut, right? This is the first does movie this, he ever made. Does this move the we've covered all the movies he's been a part nope. of? No. What else yeah. are we missing? There's one more movie, his second movie, that is, is very well known. Okay. And I don't know the name of. All yeah, right. I was like the one we don't know the name of. <laughs> I mean, it's Richard Stanley fans. And now I should explain why Richard Stanley is canceled. So Richard Stanley was originally made to make three movies in the um what's that racist guy's name? Oh, Lovecraft. Does not <laughs> does not narrow it down a li- yeah. like even a yeah. little bit. Lovecraft. He was basically made to direct three Lovecraft movies. Yeah. So he made for the first one he made Color Out of Space. Everyone speculated he was gonna do um the Innsmouth and then at the Mountain of Madness as well. But before writing for that happened, he uh his partner allegedly came out and came forward and said he Chris Browned me. Basically he just beat his wife up a bunch. Uh, oh. <laughs> Richard Stanley. Yeah. So he did domestic violence and is now canceled by the industry. And I know there's at least one person that wants to see his trilogy, but I'm sorry, man. You're never going to get it. So what? Now people don't want to work with him? Is that what you're saying? He's basically just at a point where like, his name is, is stained right now. He can't find work. He can't do work in the industry right now. Dang. Yeah. Well then, so how do we come across Hardware? Why? Why is this? So Hardware is a movie that has become a cult classic, basically from the get go of when it was released. When it was originally released in New Zealand and in the U.S., it had an X rating, so that also like stunted it from from getting really like, an X rating. It yeah. doesn't feel like that bad. 
We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I guess, by today's standards, it's kind some, of... So there are some parts that um, are mildly... Yeah, there's some by stuff. By their standards. Uh, yeah. For the X rating, it was specifically in regards to them like killing the creepy guy with the robot eventually. And then just a lot of the TV sh- shows that they showcase in the movie have like actual depictions of war, actual depictions of like sexual violence and stuff. Gotcha. So it was just uh, the time and place, 1990, coming off the cusp of the 80s, it was just a very... Oh, you want to do that? Well, that's like groundbreaking. We haven't really seen that. We're going to give you an X rating because we don't know what to do with said material. Um, so, yeah. And then, uh, basically, Richard Stanley also wrote this movie. And it was produced by Joan Steller and Paul Trebitz. It was produced by the British Satellite Broadcasting Company as well as Unlimited Palace Productions. And then, to get into the little bit of starring roles, we have Dylan McDermott. As Moses, Hard Mo Baxter, our main character. Stacy Travis as Jill, who, by the way, unfortunately, another piece of shit lore you know, for this movie. It was produced by the Weinstein brothers, unfortunately. And, yeah, like Harvey Weinstein, correct. And uh, eventually, uh, the chick who played Jill, Stacy Travis, didn't uh, continue working in the industry because she basically said no to harvey weinstein for his advances yikes and so he basically blackballed her from like working with anyone in hollywood after this film uh to round out our cast we have john lynch's shades who is fucking hilarious in this movie um his like super hippie friend that's just like yo what's up man how's it going dude uh iggy pop is angry bob (laughs) nice the uh radio broadcaster who is just so full of life um, Carl McCoy's Nomad, uh, basically one of the security guys at the apartment. William Hootkins as Lincoln Weinberg Jr., who is like the weird fucking guy, the weird guy that's like a stalker. Oh, dude, okay, so super uncomfortable. At some point, we have to talk about the like the creepy, uncomfortable phone call where he describes what oh, he would like my to do. God. And I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Yeah, maybe yeah, that had to do with something with the X rating. That might have had something to do with it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm starting to think on it more. I think I'm just very desensitized to a lot of things because, yeah. in reflection, that was a fucked moment. I mean, that that's still. I mean, not even a reflection. In the moment, I was upset. Yeah, but it's alright. Oh yeah, you're like watching it, and you're like, "Oh, oh God." Oh, my bad. Carl McCoy is the nomad, the guy that we go into the intro of the movie with. So he's the wanderer that's picking yeah. up all the salvage junk. And then Mark Northover as Alvy. If you ever seen the movie Willow, he's one of the supporting characters in that. Yay. Damn, I love bro. Willow. I haven't seen Willow in a long time. Uh, he has dwarfism, so he's one of those guys. Also, what else has Dylan McDermott been in? I've seen his face. He's been in a lot of productions, whether it be TV shows or, or movies, but... Um, I can't really name any of them. Oh, that's the motherfucker from American Horror Story. Yeah, that's actually what he's it was. the he's the husband, the therapist in like the first season of American Horror Story. That is a show I don't watch. I will. I will. You don't s- need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you watch like watch like one or two seasons of it, and it's pretty good. But like, not every season slaps. I'll say that uh, McCormick was the only person that made out of this movie as an actor with a yeah, career. Literally, yeah. Um. And oh, then, yeah, he's been in a fucking million movies. Holy then shit. we have uh, Lemmy as the taxi driver. Nice. Motherfucking Lemmy is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And there's the funniest uh, piece of like trivia about this movie is that, so 
for the role of this movie, they basically gave Lemmy a real handgun unloaded. Oh my god! And a bottle of whiskey, and before they even shot, he already fucking sank the bottle down, and then he, he fumbled and dropped the pistol into the bay where they were shooting, and they couldn't recover it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So he lost an actual prop. No, yeah, he lost an actual prop, which was an actual gun too. And they sent divers to find the prop, and they never could. Can you imagine someone's like, "I need you to go in the water and find it." They're like, "You, you want me to do what?" Um, so this movie had a budget of one point five million, and it did good at the box office. It made five point seven million in the in the box office afterwards. I, I have such a hard time believing this movie was released like in theaters and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't feel like something you would see in theaters. It feels like a direct-to-DVD to kind of movie. Right, yeah. Like, I, I totally see what you mean. It, very, it has that real B-movie vibe to it, for <laughs> yeah. sure. But it actually had a budget. Like, yeah. they had the money for it. I, I think it's crazy to me that it's a debut film because it's shot really well and it has a good atmosphere and set design to it. It feels like the world is lived in, which is kind of crazy for someone who's only working with $1.5 million. Uh, I want this. I want this style of movie, but I want like the movie like Death Race to look like this. Yeah, I get you. It is very campy, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like Fangoria had a big part in the success of this movie because it was on one of the front covers. Yeah, um, which is like a horror magazine back in the nineties. It's still it, around. It's still around. Not as popular, but it's still. Around. Yeah, but they basically said that it's Evil Dead meets Cyberpunk, which I think is a perfect analysis for the movie. I honestly. mean, he's got the like robotic arm yeah you know what i mean it's fucking crazy. that apparently he I mean, wears during showers while this, he's this might sex. just be indicative of the genre and the setting and whatnot but it's very mad maxi also oh yeah all um, that stuff is like cobbled together yeah so richard stanley wrote this but he didn't tell people what he based it off of and that caused legal issues because the original writers of the script or the comic book got mad and they had to press legal charges on him so he just did it without like any permissions. Yeah. So this movie, uh, this movie story is based on a comic from uh, the '90s called 2000 AD, and it was uh, from a short called Shock, in which a robot comes alive in an apartment and chases a metalworking artist who was a woman. Um, also, in that same uh, comic book, it is where Judge Dredd had his origin. So. <laughs> Judge Dredd, those guys didn't even mention that that was the inspiration in their movie. You so said the, 2000 AD comic? Yeah, the 2000 AD graphic novel, which is also known as a comic back then. Oh, okay. I, d- I didn't know anything about this. So so not only did Judge Dredd get hit with this legal team because they're like, hey, you're just taking our stuff, but hardware also got hit with it too. So if you want to check out the original script idea, it's from a short called Shock. S-H-O-K. Man, we need more Judge Dredd movies. Also, there was Agreed. a se- there is, was a sequel being planned that Richard Stanley wrote on his own, and this was called uh, Hardware 2 Ground Zero prior to 9-11, uh, <laughs> which would have seen uh, Stacey Travis's character Jill join a rebellion outcast and set forth on destroying the factories that manufactured the Mark 13, which we see in the movie. So the description of the robot is hilarious to me because the like the AI or the recording that he's listening to that tells him about the robot is just so casual. Oh, I love it. I love how it's like it's like so as nice. if they were speaking to someone and they're telling them about it. 
the Mark 13 yeah. is equipped with and I was just like, seven different no ways way they to did kill people. Recording. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's showing like fucking saw blades and like all the things it's got on the inside. I love uh, Alvy's character because he's just kind of like <coughs> a, a dwarf pawn shop owner. Yeah, pretty and much. And so he's like, what do you got? You got junk? You got good shit? <laughs> oh God. It's also hilarious that she spray paints the American flag like on the fucking yeah. robot skull and like that's a whole scene montage oh yeah that you see so you're just like what the fuck is happening um my favorite part is is when uh it goes it has six auxiliary limbs and three that can be used for other things and he's like more fucking legs than a goddamn spider <laughs> <laughs> um so this movie basically starts out with we watch the nomad in an incredible landscape that is just covered in deep red as he's scouring the wasteland for basically parts this uh universe is basically written that there was a nuclear holocaust essentially and uh people are basically trying to rebuild from that but it's very hard in a post-apocalyptic a post-apop yeah post-apocalyptic setting thank you you're welcome <laughs> where uh basically they have to salvage for parts uh there's radiation poisoning as well as radiation sickness happening uh there's they're making a whole part that Population control is a thing that they want to talk about in the movie because uh, a big like focal center point for uh, like morals is that it's unethical to have children in times of crisis. Interesting. And so I think that's kind of why Jill is like more centered as that character. She wants to make art to p- depict this because there's a mass sterilization program going on currently to sterilize yourself so you could help the benefit of mankind. Damn. <laughs> help out your homie by not having kids. Yeah. She even says it's it's sad, sadistic, and suicidal to have kids in a world like this. And the world that is made through the production design is fucking immaculate. For being so low budget, I, I have to give it props on that. Yeah, they actually have like a huge amount of props for this film, especially with the their like fake technology that they're using which is really just like whatever was available in the 90s that they put together. No, it's it's all practical effects for this yeah. one like and it just looks really good. We also I think in the 90s just had a huge like late 80s 90s we had a huge obsession with post-apocalyptic worlds, grimy shit getting yeah. thrown together and then like that that like industrial kind of feel where like you see people putting shit together and like she's like an artist who's also like working with metal also i want to mention she can't fucking metal fabricate for shit yeah they, they like they were just get, they handed her oh the shit God. and were like go ahead and just just do shit with the it. cuts were so bad i was cringing as someone that works with metal is awful um okay so other than tetsuo the iron man this might be like the most industrial movie i've ever seen possibly pretty yeah. industrial you got wires you got fucking metal saw blades you got all kinds of junk that this artist jill uses for her own artwork and she lives in a pretty nice area within the city which i find funny that she even brings out like the rad counter out before like the dudes come in um she's just like i need to see if you guys have radiation sickness and you could hear the fucking box going <laughs> yeah, that so that's such a so this movie has a lot of aesthetic appeal for people who actually work with like some of the equipment and like yeah. they got the noises right for just about everything that they've included in the film and then they started making new ones with like what do you think this type of machinery would sound like or like a hardware or whatever they're using literal fucking hardware for the FOB like yeah. artist which is super cool to see in a movie like this that's low budget technically 
not technically, but you know, a first debut film. You don't really see you got a lot of fucking these money grandiose kind of things. But I get what you're saying. Um, I want to know what were your like initial thoughts on like the film, like when you saw it the first time. I think it's a fun time. Like this, like you could tell the people who made it had a lot of fun with making this film. So it translates. Like you're gonna just enjoy it. Uh, is it like the most perfect film ever? Like, does the plot make sense? Not really. But like, you don't really care when you're just like you're in it to watch for the action, possibly a sex scene, and then the like the cool hardware that they included in it. I mean, I I mean, I it felt very B movie to me. Yeah. Like similar similar to how Blood Machines was also, where it has that it has that feeling. Only it's way less. I don't know. It's 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 more. Uh, what's the word? It's more gritty and like raw looking. <laughs> I also uh, had my expectations kind of where they need it to be. So like, yeah. like going into it, I was like, I know what this is. Uh, so maybe if people were expecting something really serious, they might not like it. Right. Um, when I initially saw this film, I looked at the poster prior. And it was basically like man has met his extinction. And it said also music featuring ministry, public image, LTD motorhead and other bands and Iggy pop. I was like, okay, this sounds like, a cult movie that got just the right amount of money to just do what people were enjoying in the nineties, which was synthesizers and fucking hard stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty much. This is also quintessentially a nineties film. You could tell just from like the equipment, the uh, like filming equipment they used. So like for some reason during the nineties, they were like, you know what? We're not using any filters. So like you get like this, uh, at the time, high quality or HD, whatever they were using, which now is probably like 720p shit. But like <laughs> they were like using, they weren't using any filters. So there's like, there's no soft lighting, you no. know, there's it's like, all harsh. it's all harsh LED lights that they're using for anything. The, the costuming is like leather <laughs> and yeah. whatever else. So like they had a certain appeal that they were, they were doing. In Dude, the they had some really good costume design in this. I felt like uh, we were living in an apocalypse apocalyptic age like kind of like wasteland or something like that where you you've played wasteland right yeah yeah like wasteland two or three you know damn everyone, I forgot about no, that. no that's yeah. the, those are yeah absolutely it's what, what i like find that. funny is that the actual traveler dresses just like richard stanley <laughs> <laughs> so to me i'm just like you just wrote yourself in the um, movie again. i want his coat yeah that like it's like it's it, it to me it looked like it wasn't like you couldn't fully close it it had like a piece missing and then like it was because he had like his weapons on him. So it's like, this is kind of dope. I like this custom made jacket that he had there, which makes sense. Cause you would probably end up making your own clothes if you don't find it. What I love is that like, this is a very gritty world. And then eventually we see like two people's apartments. We see Jill's apartment, which is super high tech and nice. Yeah. I was going to say, this is probably my only gripe with it is that like somehow there's still some semblance of regular life, which makes sense because they would try to make their home as comfortable as possible. But like they literally have landlines. Yeah. Like in their house. And I'm just like, how did you keep that working? And then like Shade also has a really nice home. Yeah. In which he performs a ritual and where he takes psychedelics and just trips the fuck yeah, out. That shit's wild. Which he's, is hilarious. Because he's, like, he, he's like a sidekick, but he's a really like <laughs> – He's a really dopey one. Sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like, all right, need you to get over here right now. He's like, hold on a moment. And he's got to like put on his shades and he's got to do a dance really quick. <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. You know, I've been checking on her, man. All right, man. I'm a head out. <laughs> just super lax and lazy. Yeah. I love it. Um, so what did you think about like the actual like monster or like creature that they use for this? Cause they used, 
a puppeteer with it. I like the design for it personally because it's just very ramshackle looking. Like it put itself back together again with <laughs> it, what it had. It's very reminiscent of like the skeletons you see in, in Evil Dead that are like their movements are so jerky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like as they're moving around. So that's what it felt like. But for some reason, I'm cool with that. I think because I'm like predisposed to like say Terminator where you got to see the robots and like they're all very like they're not smooth. They don't walk smoothly. Not until you had the second movie where the it's like liquid metal. And then it could be a person who was doing that. But like when they had their, their, uh, was it the T T 1000 T 1000 or whatever, when it's like, it's just a skeleton, but like, right. It's so weird when it walks. Cause it like has it's no the flexibility. Stop yeah. It's, it's the stop motion yeah. jumpiness of it. So I was like, yeah, this, I mean, but this like thing it. is clearly just like rolling around on a track. Like, um, yeah. so the entire time I was just like, okay, so I know that this isn't, like cgi or it's not like something like stop motion they wanted to do stop motion originally it's a puppet but what really sold it to me was uh getting the tracks like the tire tracking for like a tank like working and functioning that shit was dope yeah so whoever made the puppet or or whatever they're using for it that must have been actually kind of a lot of work to get it to to work right for every scene so that's probably a nightmare to maintain that uh but it's worth it because then you have this this real life thing that the actors can respond to and it's not like they're staring at a green screen and yelling right <laughs> you know like <laughs> uh, like every um, avengers movie does this so you can tell they're like staring at a green wall while they're responding to whatever right. is they're, on screen they're waiting for the thing to happen <laughs> yeah so it's like uh anytime people do practical effects like this it usually works out really well because you're immersed in the world and it feels like it'll it'll age well it's the like it's like why Blade Runner ages so well. Ooh yeah. Because it's like all miniatures and matte paintings where it's, it's timeless. Like, you know, so you don't have like the CGI that it'll get outdated like um God, what ha- what has really bad CGI that did not age well? Uh Tron Legacy. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, the 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 de-aging or just the original was Tron. Weird, yeah. Um I love Tron Legacy though. Yeah. send that movie on a hill. It's a fun movie. <laughs> it bombed like Disney brushed that under the carpet. They, they made out. their money back. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. They made uh, their money back and more. I don't understand it. Yeah, that's true. They actually did make their money back. They really just were like, no, nah, we're not. We've got Star Wars on the horizon. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, how'd you feel about the threat of the robot? Because if this thing is like armed to the teeth. So funny to me. It is. It is really funny how everyone freaks out about it. But it like it definitely like guts people. Which is great. It's wonderful. Our, our, our creepy perv man, creepy perv guy gets gets completely. Yo, like, that creepy perv that guy. That dude gets obliterated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, annihilated after being weird and pervy. You you, you want to talk about the weird antics that guy does? Oh my god! I mean, he just watches. Um, so he's so lady. he's a uh, he's like a peeping tom sort of basically like character, yeah. and he likes to call and harass her, which is like, I, I'm pretty sure this was pre scream. So like he's like he's what that killer would be on the phone where he calls you and is like talking shit at you, but he does like a very creepy. This is all the things I would do to you, and it's like sexual. And she's like, "What the fuck? Like, that's, why am I getting called by this?" Rapist? That's a Black Christmas. Also, the guy, the yeah. guy, that phone call, the guy that always calls the sorority house and says sh- creepy shit to them. Yeah, he's just like, "Come on, baby, how about I come over and we do it in the rear?" And she's like, "Oh my god!" No, he doesn't say that. He says, "Are you ready to take the Hershey Road?" Is what he oh, says on a fucking phone call. <laughs> this dude Hershey is fucked. Road. That dude is fucked. Yeah, he specifically says you know, that. 
that. So I, when the robot like, comes in and absolutely disembowels this man, I was like, let's go. Oh, but, <laughs> like, like, but you want to know what? I bet that actor and those lines, he was just like, oh, this is going to be hilariously fun. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's just going to be disgusting. Uh, like that guy is like super gross. He has like a bunch of like her clothes and shoes on his yeah, wall. Yeah, he's obsessed. He has so many photographs just lining the entire apartment of his. And he uses a weird latex glove to like pleasure himself. Oh, it's God. just awful. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's using the heat seek camera like from across the way to be like, ah, oh, yeah, baby, you're a slut. Do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. He's like talking to himself while watching. And he's him like have licking sex. and just, oh, yeah, oh, do it just like God. that. Oh, it's the, yeah, it's the worst version of ASMR you can yeah. think of. Uh, I, I do like the I do like the main character though. I th- I feel like uh, for someone that lived in the setting that is provided. He was very believable. Oh, yes. There would definitely be weirdos like this. Um, that as well as like the main character, he has a robot hand from going to the military prior. And you see it vividly in the fucking sex sou- uh, the shower scene. All right. But I do have to say that's very Warhammer 40K vibes. Not going to lie. Big <laughs> Warhammer 40K vibes. Do they ever get out of their suits to, have, to bang? What? Space Marines? Yeah. They don't. They're not concerned with banging, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and they're pretty much. They're, yeah, they would. They would yeah. probably bang their own space. They probably first. got rid of those parts because it would make them weak. Jeez. Probably, literally, they, would they be, never yeah. make any reference to Just, them having sexual organs, no. and they don't have kids, no, and they never have dude, any real it's desire. All for the glory of the emperor. Yeah. I mean, are we, we. This is a segue. We're, Stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, you're Watch army. our sci-fi segments, and we'll talk about yeah, forty. Your yeah. army gets bombed. How do you make another one? They build Gene a, seed. Yeah, they, you oh, just okay. clone motherfuckers, they, and they, they all look like your there's primark. No, okay, so there's <laughs> no. no need for reproduction. No. They, no. Yeah, you don't. You don't. You, there's no. Um. There's no breeding. See, happening. all right. The adeptus mechanicus ties into this because they want to transcend humanity because humanity is yeah. above machines. So they don't even concern themselves with the idea of gender in the first place. But right. anyway. So so there's anyway. a there's a big underlying theme because, like you said, we want to transcend machines, but then in this reality. The Mark 13 was a robot that was used for personal defense. And what we find is a prototype in the desert. Dude, I love that somebody designed this for self-defense because it is most definitely not just for self-defense. Oh, no. It has like seven ways. Like, to- this is like a bounty hunter <laughs> robot. Yeah. <laughs> like, what it has a lethal injection that just pours itself out. Okay. But we got to talk about what it does to these people because... I felt like this wasn't just, oh, I'm going to, like, shoot and stab someone. Like, this thing was ruthless <laughs> whenever yeah. it killed someone. You were like, that was excessively um, mean. When they kill Lincoln, because Lincoln's creeping in our apartment. He's like, hey, baby, my name's Lincoln. I'll yeah. take care of you. It's just so uncomfortable. But you're so excited to see that character get axed. He's like, there's no fucking robots in here. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. oh, God. Originally, they were supposed to have the fucking creature crush his balls. Oh God! Like, like, up... Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> Amazing! Basically, You've already got the X rating. Yeah, <laughs> like all they had to do was basically make it turn to dust, and it would have been great. Oh um, but they brutally murdered him. I'm reminded of like the kill of the guy in the hotel in Saw Four. Yeah. Just the super gross guy that's a pervert as well. Oh, that's right. So I was just like, holy shit! This is gro- uh, graphic and gruesome. You have like his eyes getting gouged out and all kinds of stuff that are going on with him. He's going for the fleshy bits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I love Alvy though, and I, I feel bad that he dies later in the movie. Because yeah. uh, he's just a, a simple pawn shop owner that's trying to sell junk to get by. And he's just like, oh, shit, there's he's, money yeah, in this. Yeah, he's your junk seller. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, there's money in this, man. Get get the Mark 13 down here, man. And he's like <laughs> researching it, which is super cool because you hear it. 
be played through cassette, but it's on this fucking modern TV screen, which is wild to me to see all these like mix of analog and digital, yeah. like coming forth. I'm always a huge fan of sci-fi stories that still use like analog input shit yeah because <laughs> like, they're just like no nah, like we wouldn't ever change this like <laughs> this is what it's gonna always be for the control panel uh i was just looking at a meme and it was basically saying that <laughs> well while you're checking out the navy for monsters because i guess this was in a godzilla movie but at one point they're using this like navigation machine a machine and it's essentially just one of the like sound effect boxes for a synthesizer hell yeah and so there's like hey yo check this out and this chick's just like I don't see anything on the TV, boss. <laughs> like, you're just turning up the volume and turning it down. <laughs> That's because you only use it for audio. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I love that. I love when people identify items as props. When they're like, yeah, that's just like this thing, but they like painted it. <laughs> and it's like, like that looks like a flashlight, <laughs> whatever they're using there. I um, can see that happening a lot. What do you guys think one. about the music choices in this movie? Fucking great. Yeah, no, very, very indicative of the '90s. Yeah, you got you got Ministry while Guar is on the screen. Yeah, which yeah. is which is funny as hell to me. I was like, that's not a Guar song. And then, uh, yeah. my favorite part is when Lemmy is the cab driver. He's like, you guys going to the city? Yeah, you guys like music? Check this fucking band out. Yeah, yeah and, and they play Ace of Spades. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like. I mean, imagine like how intense are you that you just play your own band song in the scene that's the pretty here. funny <laughs> also well, they did this, it with iggy pop too yeah in this future too you have to assume that like a lot of music's just been lost so yeah. like they don't really have access to that much so whatever they do find they're probably just obsessed with it yeah so he's just like this is the only song i've had and i've listened to it for the last 10 years and you're like oh all right then <laughs> and he's just fucking playing that um, oh my god at some point, this movie goes on, like, super heavy, like, religious imagery. Yeah, it does. Um, because the Mark 13 is actually a verse in the Bible, and it's, like, what the the robot is named after. And then we actually have the main character reading off Mark 13, which I pulled up, his actual quote. And it basically goes like this. <clears throat> See these mighty buildings. All shall be thrown down, shattered splintered and split the earth will shake rattle and roll the masses will go hungry their bellies bloat these are the birth pains no flesh shall be spared and seeing that like prior to the scene when the robots come out was fucking insane that was like super fucking cool he's like all right jill i'm gonna go see you later and then the the fucking robot comes out and is just like on a blood hunt yeah it's very evil dead because it only keeps itself to like two central locations that whole verse is kind of insane it's the destruction of the temple and signs of the end times <laughs> and it's literally just a like a very fire and brimstone part of the bible where they're like everything's gonna fucking get destroyed and you're like oh all right you're like that's very nice because like because in the uh what is it in the canon of the bible <laughs> yeah the earth has been destroyed like three times already <laughs> and they're just like yeah it's gonna happen again because you're all sinners yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, how fitting! It's a pretty fitting verse for yeah, this for I this thing. It. And post-apocalyptic movies and Bible quotes just seem to go hand in hand. Post-apocalyptic themed themed things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually, they come back like with shades, super high as fuck, trying to destroy this robot. And I was never really fucking stressed out in this movie, but 
the amount of times they have to quote unquote kill this thing. Yeah. It, it, that shit stressed me out. Yeah. They're just like, is it not dead yet? Is it not? Yeah. You shot it in the face how many times? With, with shotgun rounds? Yeah, with too? shotgun. Like, they all stand in a doorway, in a line, firing, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then a door shuts and kills one of the guards. Yo, that shit was then, nuts. Yeah, I know, I dude. That. No, that that's like one of my favorite parts of this movie is how insane that whole scene is where they're all just in like this little corridor fighting the robot and do people are getting ripped in half by doors, getting headshots, heads blown, people dying. It's it's insane. And I'm like, you guys already killed it like three times though. How is it? Then she like hides. There's that super great scene where uh, it's like heat censored. So, like, it could see where heat is, and that's how it basically moves. So, there's one great scene where she removes everything from her fridge and jumps in at the last moment. Is this a Predator reference, or did Predator come after? Predator was before. It was the 80s. It was before this was the 80s. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's ripping off a Predator thing then. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, of course. Which is great. Which is great. It's not a bad thing. It's, it's yeah. kind of cool. I love uh, how this person worked with metal to ministry. And then they use their entire shop around them that's in their home to essentially just destroy this thing. And her neighbors are just super fucking hilarious. The downstairs neighbor is like, shut the fuck up, please. And they're just banging or she's getting murdered. (laughs) Damn, Um, that's kind of fucked. The main character, though, eventually succumbs to to the the liquid that the the, uh, robot injects in him. And it's fucking crazy because it's... This is one of the times that the movie gets super fucking psychedelic. Yeah. Because it's supposedly this uh, this drug that is put into you will sedate you and kill you, but you feel unimaginably happy that it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so even Albie was like slightly smiling when he was dead and we find his body. And so we just see that in real time through like a crazy visualization. And it just makes me wonder what the fuck is Shade on to. Because yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was shirtless, just like, oh, man, my heart feels like a crocodile, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what a statement. Yeah. I thought I thought it was just a lot of fun. And, like, I think Fangoria summed it up perfectly. It's just, like, an evil dead movie that is super cyberpunk and industrial. Because that ending, when they finally get into the, the bathroom and they destroy it with the water, she actually breaks the fucking bat, too, on this thing. Which is so cool to see in slow-mo. Holy shit. Um, I, I know it's probably like a, a broken bat already. No. Like, or did she actually it was have a real the, bat. She had the strength to break a bat? Yeah. That's kind of insane to, to get that. <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, no, no. She beats the shit out of it with a baseball bat, and then it just starts splintering. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she's pretty strong. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah. that bathroom is fucking really well lit. Holy fuck. I was like, oh my God, the lighting in this bathroom is immaculate right now. I love that that has become a thing you're noticing in film is, uh, dang, do they do a good job on lighting? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the you, uh, this must be a brand new appreciation for films like The Lighthouse. Yeah, absolutely. Where you're like, this is just a master lesson on lighting <laughs> for that in black and white. I mean, now after like seeing how films work in person, it's just like, yeah, like you said, the appreciation. But also, I'm just like, how did they get this scene? This must have sucked. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of this movie, I was like, this must have been a pain in the ass. Because they even have a moment where they're all hanging out from the fucking window on yeah. like a three-story building. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, that would have sucked. They probably, only, they probably only had a set for like one story of the building and then just made it look like it was high up. 
Right, which is super cool, which makes me believe that they also use map paintings too then. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they did for, for some of it. But, I mean, at this time, I think you could still commission people to do that. It wasn't until, like, late 90s, early 2000s that people kind of stopped doing that. And then it was because people were like, technology, let's try out this new CGI, and then it looked like Oh, you mean, you mean the guy who's just like, yeah, we made the Jurassic Park CGI even though we were told not to? God, <laughs> I love that story because the I still don't understand how they made it on the, like, shitty computers they were using. Mm-hmm. They, like, managed to create realistic-looking dinosaurs, and, like, they perfected the walk of the of the creatures so well that the they came and they're like yeah that looks fucking amazing let's use that there's like we're gonna use this guy who's been a legend in the scene for 50 plus years to do the stop motion and he was on set doing the work and these Poor two dude. these two schmucks are just like <laughs> well we've been smoking cigars and drinking a bunch of beer and uh look what we made and they showed it to the executives with kathleen kennedy in the room by the way and they're like this is it who are the guys that made this? Dude, she, and they wanted to fire these, oh the first God. two dudes, She had too. the biggest bullshit moment of all time where she walked in to fire them and then saw what they were doing. And she was like, yeah, I told them to make this. <laughs> it, looks, it looks good, right? It looks good. We're going to use this. And then yeah. they leave the office and she was like, keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. It's so funny. I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. you, got, you got to see oh, uh, the movies the, that made us. Yeah, it's from the Netflix uh, series that tells you how movies were made. And they talk about how Jurassic Park was made, and it's, like, literally just a bunch of cobbled-together shit that worked really well. And then they just went, like, like the, the park itself was supposed to be finished, but it wasn't. And then they used it as a plot device that they were still building the park. Oh, beautiful. So it's, easy. like, it, yeah, and yeah. it was easy to fix. So, like, that's why you go in and there's scaffolding everywhere. That was legit what they were using that's at, all they on had. Set. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so And so, nice. like, they envisioned the park would be finished and had tons of people in it. But they couldn't get enough people. They couldn't get the set finished. So they're like, fuck it. It's unfinished and it's only them. And that's how they got the movie together to work, which is um, insane. I think like the 90s was a great time for like all these coming. Yeah. Of like time and technology for film. So it's like it's we really had cool to big see big expectations for what technology was going to be like in the early 90s. Because this is like what <laughs> pre like popular Internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The internet hit like 94. <laughs> so you're so. just like you're still having this uh this idea of what the future might look like and then you know now we're we have shitty technology <laughs> yeah i mean see that's the thing you have for every jurassic park and every hardware and every i don't know star wars you have i don't know water world i fucking love water <laughs> i love water world too yeah so i'm do still I. so mad that it was such a bomb yeah. We'll talk about it in another episode. Yeah, yeah. we definitely will. <laughs> Special on Waterworld. Um, yes. So I guess, did you guys have any favorite scenes for hardware then? Dang, that's tough. Hmm. Oh, oh, it's just, for me, it's just that the last scene where they're all in a yeah. line firing at the robot and people are getting ripped in half and it's just a, a bloodbath of gunfire and bullets and it's amazing. Yep. If it's not that, it's the really cheesy, like almost porno esque shower scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where oh. they're just like, they like have a shower together, and then they like go straight into sex scene, and you're just like, and then the dude's like watching them, and I'm like, this is ridiculous, like all like, of this. this so is... I guess I need to do a point of view really quick. Right. Yeah. There is a sex scene in this. Yeah. Uh, get your waterproof. She sounds power like <laughs> she literally sounds like a dying dog. So it's oh. not. It's not like it's not a good scene. Oh. All I gotta say is though, like. Super interesting to see just a straight up like power glove looking ass thing it in the shower. It literally is a power glove, bro. <laughs> like, Nintendo fanboys rejoice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's fucking dope, though. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you too can keep your power glove on when you go into the shower. Um, but my wait, favorite wait, in mid fuck, you can keep your power glove of honey. Power glove stays on. <laughs> the power glove stays on during sex. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene is after that though, when she's just like, I need to work on this. Uh, art piece yeah and she puts on the welder helmet she grabs the fucking tools and they just play ministry just sweaty as just fuck. like stigmata that is like the industrial track yeah for really. anyone that's just like trying to do something that is... yeah that, also the at the time it had not been like played out no that too so like it was definitely a song choice that you'd be like that fucking is hard that, like, that's real that's a riff I, yeah i want to <laughs> use this us now watching it we're like damn i've heard that song so many times yeah <laughs> So it makes sense. Yeah, the music is also uh, something to note. I think all the music was was well chosen and made for it. I so do you guys have uh, a theory why it would become such a cult classic after the film was made? It's it like appeals to a certain aesthetic that I don't think is that popular anymore. So mm-hmm. it's like after it was probably popular for a little bit and then people just like it fell into obscurity. Like you, you can tell people about this movie and I don't think anyone would really know. Like, like hardware? Like what are you talking about? Hardware from 1990? Like you <laughs> tell somebody that right now, they're going to be like, what the fuck are it's you talking about? It's a very niche area yeah. of horror that people know. Also, yeah, technically like thriller, horror, sci-fi. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot mashed of, up into it. Yeah. yeah, it's a mishmash of what people liked in the 90s for sure. I mean, what thriller, horror, sci-fi, action, <laughs> industrial, In- industrial. In- In- industrial is this film genre. Yeah. industrial <laughs> films, which is like not so popular anymore. Uh, it's cool though because like prior to that, the most industrial film we talked about was Tetsuo the Iron Man, which is insane. Yeah, which is it came out in the eighties. Which is even more nuts to me because that might be one of the first industrial albums ever made, too. Oh, wow. Shit. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That shit's fucking tough, too. We talked about it on that episode. But the fact that they use real hammers and shit is nuts to me. <laughs> um, oh, man. Good you... FOB artists, for what sure. What would you rate it, then? I'm going to give this one a 10. Dang, it's going full It's time. honestly like one of those movies where I'm just like, I feel too much connection to like the source material. Uh. Like, I love the aesthetic and how it plays out. For me, I'm going to buy a Blu-ray, like, steel cover of this and have it on my shelf for whenever I want to watch it with my friends. Mm. Um, the music, the atmosphere, and the action are what pull me in. But as a metal worker, it just kind of sinks in yeah, too much for you. me. It's more of a, a love-hate relationship, like I have with my job. <laughs> Damn. And you do welding, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> I also love Alvi. I just love that little midget dude. I relate to that guy so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to give it like a nine, like eight point five nine. Uh, only because, only because, um, it's like otherwise like not the best kind of story. I don't know. Like it's just kind of like they only did things just to look cool. <laughs> That's like kind of like the whole movie. And so I was like, other than that, though, I buy with it, and it's a lot of fun. So I can't be mad about people having fun making a movie. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think that my seven rating is going to is going <laughs> to anger anyone. Whoa. But I think that I think that I I do agree with John that they spent a lot of time making things look cool and a little bit less time on like the substance of what they were doing. Because right. with a post with post apocalyptic things, you have a lot of area for maybe a little social commentary here or there. 
And I feel like theirs may be really shallow or just not there at all. You know, I'm going to quote the cyberpunk role-playing game. Oh my God. thing oh my God. from the 90s, which was brought up in the new video game 2077. That also relates to Blood Machines, the, the oh episode God. we did prior. Cyberpunk is always style over substance. Yeah, that's true. You want to look cool in the cyberpunk universe. Yeah, but I mean... But that doesn't you know change what? the but fact that, does that it's that, not good. Yeah, oh! <laughs> that, doesn't, that, doesn't make the, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't mean that the movie's all yeah. of a sudden good because it looks cool. Uh, you know, yeah. what, it, what it means to me is that it's just way more cyberpunk than I thought it was. Fair. There you go. There, it's 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 cyberpunkness is what kills it, just like the machines will. I'm a, just I'm like a, that. Yo, wow. <laughs> Damn, bro. Okay. I'm giving it a seven anyway. If that okay. wasn't clear. Yeah. Would, would, <laughs> so, knowing the plot of the original movie, would you like to see a sequel to this? Fuck no. No, we don't need a sequel to this. I want to see what the graphic novel is. Okay. Actually, I want to see what it's based the on. The source material is dope. So you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah, want to so. see like Jill come back and try to destroy the government that's making said Mark 13s. No, because they didn't set it up well no, enough in the first yeah, place. Yeah, then it's just a ripoff of Terminator 2, and then you know, yeah, and then we got we already mm. did that. All right, we already did Terminator 2. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all yeah. right, fine then. <laughs> yeah, I would but like to hey, see if, a fucking sequel. If, if you love it, Mer, that's what matters right here. Oh. You know. Well, I'm gonna walk us out. Uh, our studio audience is currently napping on the couch and snoring. <laughs> <laughs> look at that little mirror. Look at that. Look at that little peanut over there in the gallery. That's that's our little pog champ, and you could be our pog champ too if you join the Discord. The and- Discord? What's that, Mer? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's the it's so cool, dude. We hang out, we share memes, we talk shit on films, we talk about films we like, argue with each other. We <laughs> argue with each other about weird shit. Uh, yeah, join the Discord. The link is in our link tree, as well as you can check it out on any of our social medias. But, Murr, there's something else, too. How oh. can they support us? Well, if you'd like to financially support us, other than lovingly support us, you could check out our Patreon, where for $2 a month, you could subscribe to us, as well as get access to our bonus content and suggest more horror content for us to review. Uh, also, on top of that, you could check out our social medias, where if you would like to give us a number which is a plus number, a.k.a. a follower count, you could check out our Facebooks, our Twitters, and our Instagrams, where we have all of our new stuff. And that's so exciting. That's so exciting. You know what else is exciting? If you really love the podcast, you just, you just can't get enough of it. I can't. You can't? You can't? Okay. I can't get enough. Well, you could, you could tell everyone how much you can't get enough of it by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, my God. <laughs> as well as giving us a good rating on Spotify. You know what, Mer? I'm going to go do that right now. I'm going to go on there, well, write a review. Wait, wait. That shirt doesn't look cool. You could get a better shirt. I could? Where could I get a better shirt? Oh, I'd, <laughs> I'd say maybe the Teespring on our link tree, which has Bringing Down the Grindhouse merch. Oh, my God. Merch? Yeah. You could also quench your thirst with the Bringing Down the Grindhouse cups and mugs. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I'm so thirsty right now. I've got to go get some. If I don't fucking die also you can check out our new segments if you really want more <laughs> more you mean there's more of this yeah we got a uh, conspiracy hour where we talk about conspiracy oh my god the government a tinfoil hats ready uh we get we, ha- we have a, a sci-fi corner oh my god where, laser guns yeah where we talk about space <laughs> <laughs> we, we got 
cryptids with Justine? Oh my god, monsters we've never seen, or perhaps we have. We have monsters with myrrh? Oh my god, where you talk about cool monster movies from like the 20s. <laughs> and we got horror games with bitch oh yeah that's right i've been trying to play more horror games because i'm not used to them well if you want to see mitch myself and john play more video games and discuss film as well as horror as a genre there's more content there's even more content oh my god check out the twitch where we stream weekly as well as daily on some days and you can hang out with us on our discord and talk to us Mer, mer. Check it out. This is so much content. Is it condensed? It's condensed. We've made the episode shorter and more available for people everywhere. Amazing. But we have to make an announcement. Oh, what is this? Well, with all the content coming out and everything going on in the world, we currently have to take a break from the podcast. It's only a vacation. It's only a little vacation. <laughs> so we can we'll relax. Be back. We'll be back. There's so much stuff that we are working on right now to get more content and out to you. As far as like real time for everybody listening, we'll probably be gone like three weeks anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, either of those is fine. We take both of those as constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we love the love and we love the laugh of the hate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Hardware, 1990 by Richard Stanley. Cancel piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's walk out. Let's walk out. Get your shoes. Get your coats. Oh, my God, bro. Get, get your shoes. Get your coats. We're leaving. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. And I'm Jonathan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>